0: dot com. 2018, and to quote the late, great Jack Buck, I do not believe what I just saw. Holy fuck. Aaron Rodgers with the comeback of a career of a lifetime? I don't know. He's already had quite a few already. This one, though, is going to go down in the books, and man, did the Bears fucking choke. All right, welcome to the ZabeCast for a Monday morning. I'm actually recording this down in the 5-Hour Energy Dome. And I'm recording it on a portable Zoom H1N lavalier microphone with a pocket recorder. Now you're probably saying to yourself, well, what, wait, wait, what, why are you doing it down here? Well, first of all, I just figured it'd be convenient to do. Because I'm down here, I've got all these notes and I'm relaxed. I've had a few cocktails, as you could probably tell from my Twitter feed. And I I would go through some of my thoughts from the games. And I initially set up with my very expensive, but supposedly industry-leading Blue Yeti microphone. Now, I don't know if any of you out there have a Blue Yeti microphone for doing your own podcasts or whatever. But this thing is like a substantial, it's like a giant penis. It it really is. It looks very, very nice. And it is a USB microphone that's supposed to deliver the best sound quality possible. Well, I'm sitting here recording into my MacBook Pro, and I listen to the files, and it's like, okay, that sounds good. Good. Oh, wait, wait, what's that? Not touching a goddamn thing, and I'm now... Just talking into the microphone. This should pick up my voice quite fine. And yet, does it? No. Why not? Any ideas, blue fucking Yeti piece of shit? Why is there a dropout? What the fuck? So I start fiddling with the cable and I say, well, okay, maybe it's a USB port issue. So I check the other USB port. Still same problem. I think, okay, maybe there's interference for my phone, some RF interference is fucking with the microphone. I turn my phone to airplane mode, I turn off the Wi-Fi in my computer and the Bluetooth, try it again, same problem. Then I say, okay, maybe the cable is bad, right? Okay, so I take the cable out, I go get another USB to micro USB cable, and I plug that in. Same fucking problem. I say, okay, maybe it's the program I'm using, Audacity, so let me try another program, Audio Hijack. Nope, same fucking program. Although that, I would say that that program is a little bit less, but there's still issues, there's still issues. I don't think it's a software issue. Anyway, um, and then I tried, well, I tried different cables, and then they don't recognize, they don't recognize, Recognize. they don't recognize the uh, Blue Yeti microphone. And so what do I do? I go on Amazon, And I order another $100 USB microphone, the Shure, Shure, what is it? The uh, Shure MV5 digital condenser microphone. And hopefully that'll be able to be a good road podcasting microphone. Now, the reason I I say all this also is that uh, yours truly is going away on Thursday. I'm getting the fuck out of town, hopefully missing Hurricane Florence here in the D.C. area. And I will be at the Triple G Canelo Alvarez fight, not at the fight itself, but I'll be in Vegas for it. HBO is flying myself and Scott Lynn out and putting us up at the fabulous New York, New York Hotel Casino. Woo-hoo! And uh, we'll be there Thursday, Friday, Sat, I'll be then he's coming home Saturday, I'm staying Saturday, Saturday night, Sunday, Sunday night, and then I'm flying Red Eye back. So, anyway. Yeah, I've never been out to Vegas during football season. You think I'm going to turn a a free trip where I otherwise could be home to work on Monday into hustling back home just to be at home on the weekend? Hell, hell no. All right, so anyway, so I need a good road microphone because I'm going to have to record Monday morning Zabecast on Sunday night in my hotel room, then i have to edit it and upload it and get it done before I get on the plane. It'll be about 10 o'clock. I'll figure it out. But I need a good microphone. I need a microphone I can rely on and one that sounds decent. So I don't know how this one sounds. Hopefully it is acceptable quality. And with that as a preamble, you're going to get to the sports, you're going to get to the greatest Aaron Rodgers comeback ever. Yes, I'll get to that right now. Jeez, people got to settle down. All right, that was four minutes of your life you'll never get back. I apologize. Uh, Any tech or audio nerds out there, if you know other microphones that are better, if you know how to fix this blue fucking Yeti, which sucks, let me know. Aaron Rodgers is a ninja. Oh my God. And yes, I tweeted out as he came back into the game with the Bears up 20 to nothing. I said, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. it's It's a long road to glory, 20-week march to the Super Bowl. You need this guy. Why the fuck are you putting him back in the game? Well, I didn't know how bad the injury was. Nobody did. But you leave on a cart like that, and he was not just leaving on the cart. He had that glaze in his eyes, and he had that thousand yard stare that said, for all the world to see, basically, my season is over. And there's been Any number of guys, like Darius Geis, when he blew out his ACL for the Redskins in the preseason, he said he was fine. It didn't seem like that bad of a hit. He was standing, walking around on the sidelines. Next thing you know, they check him out uh, overnight, and they're like, nope, the MRI says ACL, done, you're done, nice season. I believe last year, Deshaun Watson played half a game, maybe, with perhaps a torn ACL after he got hit a little bit late in the uh, Seattle game and then blew it out in practice, or maybe didn't, who knows. So these things can happen. So I'm thinking, like every Packer fan, holy shit, this is happening again. Rodgers is out for the season. And look at this dum-dum Deshaun Kaiser. I shouldn't call him a dum-dum. Nice young man, not a good quarterback. I can't tell you how many Packer fans I had to talk into some sense when they're like, well, but but Kaiser will be better next year. I mean, he'll be better than Hundley, right? I'm like, no, he's terrible. Why would you think that? Well, you can't, you know, it's the Browns, man. You can't can't really, you know, judge anything with the Browns. I'm like, no, no, no. Watch him play. He doesn't play good quarterback. I'm sorry. And you saw it in the small handful of plays that he was in there after Rodgers got hurt. Somebody actually made a good point. They said, if all Deshaun Kaiser had done was take a knee, the Packers would have won the game going away. Can you imagine that strategy? Okay, we know you suck. We're just going to hope Aaron Rodgers comes out of that blue tent with a miracle or back out of the locker room. So, just take a knee. Don't don't fuck it up. Don't try to throw a pass and have Khalil Mack intercept it and then run it for a touchdown. But man, what a convergence that was in the first half of bad decisions and bad just just bad luck, bad decisions. You know, the bad luck that Rodgers got hurt But then the bad decision for McCarthy to have yet another year in which they don't have a backup quarterback who's any good. I I have no idea why the Packers are sitting there going, nah, he won't get hurt. We'll be fine. The Packers need for the rest of Aaron Rodgers' career a capable veteran quarterback that you are paying a shitload of money to. Not a shitload. You're paying a lot of money to. How about that? A a decent salary. Five to seven million dollars even. To be a guy who can say, okay, get in there and play, and just don't fuck things up. And they don't have that guy. And they didn't have him last year, and they still don't have him now. So, so much rides on that left knee of Aaron Rodgers, which who knows what he did to it. Who knows how bad it's going to feel tomorrow morning, or today, I guess, Monday. And we'll see where we go from here. But, man, that was... uh, That was sickening to see, to think about. And then he comes back in the game, and you're like, they're still not going to win. I was looking at, I was trying to find win probabilities based on, you know, uh, how many points you're up in the game. And uh, someone said, duh, it's right there on the ESPN score tracker on their main scoreboard page, and it's also displayed in their mobile feeds and everything else. And I was like, oh, okay. And I think at one point, the Bears' win probability was 98%. Now... How do they calculate that? That's what I want to know, and does it calculate who is playing quarterback for the other team? because if the answer you know if the computer formula accounts for ninjas being on the team that's down twenty to nothing, then I think that statistic is going to change just a bit and if you're a te- if you're a team that chokes as bad as the bears. Oh my God, Look at all the ways they choked. You know, the fuller interception hits them right in the chest. That would have ended the game. Getting a first down would have ended the game after they got a huge break to keep that drive going. Uh, I think it was uh, defensive pass interference. Then they could have kept they could have won the game before Aaron Rodgers went ahead. They could have won the game if they had just stopped an eight was a 70 yard. Smokey in the bandit style, touchdown, scramble, and run off a 10-yard flip to 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 Cobb. I mean, that that is embarrassing. That is bad, obviously. And then, of course, they're driving and they've got tons of time. They've got like a minute 30, two timeouts. All they need is a field goal. And what happens? They end up tapping out. They code out for a second on the operating room table. They're dead. And they get revived because Clay Matthews was an idiot and decided to take a cheap shot uh, at the end of that uh, play. So it gives them new life, 15 yards, new set of downs. Wasn't the dumbest play of the weekend, though. I've got another one for you in just a second. And they could have still had a chance with plenty of time. A minute and change, two timeouts, all you need is a field goal, and they still can't do it. Oh, the Bears... This the the guy I cannot wait to hear from is Big Cat on pardon my take cuz he is sort of like you know the the internet's unofficial biggest bear fan and the internet's biggest unofficial fatalistic bear fan <laughs> he is going to be apoplectic and that's why the NFL cannot be killed will not be killed it prints money it's crack cocaine nobody is leaving Nobody for real is, what, is not, okay, maybe Kaepernick and the anthem is costing the NFL 3%. Maybe. And that's old ladies. That like Literally, that's like 60-year-old ladies. You're like, nah, I don't like this. Any red-blooded American male who loves sports, even if you love America, which I think we all do or we should, and want these guys to stand at attention for the flag, trust me, you're not... Not watching because of that. Even with the bullshit penalties now that they are calling, you are not, not watching. You are just rolling your eyes, cussing at the TV, and you're still watching. I mean, how many squishing the quarterback penalties were there this Sunday? It is unbelievably bad. It is so bad. And it is, it is affecting so many games now. There was one against Chandler Jones for the Cardinals against the Redskins. You're like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. And then when Aaron Rodgers went down, you're thinking, well, wasn't that kind of the rule? Putting your weight on the quarterback when he is down already? And I started thinking, if Aaron Rodgers is out for the year again, then they're going to have to create another layer of protection for quarterbacks. And there's already too many. You can't hit him in the head. You can't hit him below the knee because remember the time that Brady got his knee blown out on a low hit? Can't hit him above the shoulders, can't hit him below the knee. You now can't hit him and wrap and then land on them. You've got to somehow disengage midair. Good luck on that. We've got overtimes now that have been shortened to 10 minutes. Why? Oh, well, player safety. We don't think it's good to play that long. What study shows that it's any more dangerous to play 15 minutes into overtime versus 10 minutes? a dangerous game the moment you step on the field. And because once upon a time, Peyton Manning lost a playoff game in which he didn't get to touch the ball because of the overtime rules against the Chargers, Peter King t- 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 t, gets on his laptop and writes a belly aching column, and too many league executives obviously, you know, agreed with him. They're like, now oh, these overtime rules have got to be changed. And so there's a tie now. This This bothers me. This really bothers me. As a guy who likes things kind of nice and tidy and, you know, win-loss and all the columns to line up, and as a guy who likes to be able to know, well, what chance does Team X have of winning the division? I don't want to have to calculate ties. You don't want to have to calculate ties. Nobody can calculate. Well, is this? Well, as a half a, so there, so we'd be ahead of them technically, but uh, it just sucks. I hate it. There should be, in the year 2018, nothing, no professional sport that ever ends in a fucking tie any way you want to slice it. Just no. No, play until somebody's dead. By the way, the, sec- the worst play, the stupidest play of the weekend, goes to Miles Garrett of the Browns. Now, Miles Garrett is a beast, and he is going to have, a, probably if he stays healthy, a phenomenal year. That said, on the interception, in overtime that the Browns had a chance uh, after they picked it off and they ran it back. And I forget who it was that was running with the ball. He's rambling. He's As Berman would say, he's stumbling. He's bumbling. He's, he gets down to the 12-yard line before being pushed out of bounds. But literally at the last second, Miles Garrett comes in, trailing the play, and with the ball carrier basically already out of bounds, just does a two-handed push in the back of a player. Uh Illegal block, 10-yard penalty, it pushes the kick from what would have been basically a chip shot from the 12, 22 plus 7, 29, shorter than an extra point, that extra 10 yards mattered. And whoever the Browns kicker is, the dopey guy they've got now, not a veteran, some young guy, he comes in, looks like he hit a line drive. I, I still haven't seen a good angle of how was that kick blocked, but I'm convinced that penalty cost the Browns. A chance at a win cost not a chance. It cost him a win, and then I was hoping we'd get camera shots of those Bud Light fridges unlocking around the city of Cleveland. Somebody said, by the way, that the funniest thing ever would be for to Hugh Jack- for funniest thing ever would be for Hugh Jackson to improve upon last year's zero sixteen effort with a 0, 015 and one effort, and keep his job for a fourth year. So his record would be 1, 30, wait, 16, 15, 31, plus 15, 14 more, 31, 40, 1, 45, and (laughs) 1. And he would keep his job for a fourth year, which probably wouldn't happen. God, the NFL is great. My Reds, did I finish the Packer game sufficiently? No, I didn't finish the Packer game. So let me finish the Packer game um, and then we'll, uh, we'll move to other items in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers is sick. And the Bears are chokers. And the Bears couldn't close because the Bears don't understand. You don't go, well, we, we ran the clock down a little bit. and we, we, we kicked a field goal, so only a touchdown will beat us here. So we're, we're in pretty good shape. The fuck you are. As soon as they, I tweeted this, you can check my timeline. And this was after I tweeted, don't put Aaron Rodgers back in the game. I wouldn't do it. Okay, so ignore that egregiously incorrect tweet. And please fast forward. There is no fast forward on Twitter. Please move ahead, scroll down to my better tweets, which was, the Bears do understand they need to score a touchdown to win the game right now, right? They know that, don't they? They understand that. Like they've got to get to 27 to win the game. Sure enough. I was right. I ran the clock down a bit. They shaved some time off, kicked a field goal. Now they got to score a touchdown in order to be. What the fuck? Just- a touchdown? Yes, they just scored a touchdown. One of my, I don't have too many great lines or sayings out there, but I've got a few. When only a touchdown can beat you, then it is a touchdown that shall beat you. I'm not smart enough sitting on the couch, and neither are you, to really decipher what coverages are they playing, why can't they get to Rodgers, why wouldn't you blitz more, what's going on? All we know is that when we watch these things happen over and over and over again, templates, patterns, ways in which teams lose games in the NFL. By the way, that was another great saying by a legendary sports talk radio host who pretty much blazed the path in D.C. for Sports Talk Radio. The great Ken Beatrice, may he rest in peace, with his Jamocha shakes and his Arby's curly fries. Those are inside jokes for people who live in D.C. You'll you probably get them, otherwise it doesn't matter. Ken Beatrice often said, you know, more games are lost in the NFL than they are won. And ring-a-ding-fucking-ding, wasn't he right about that? The Bears lost this game multiple times ways. That said, Khalil Mack looks pretty sweet, and all hope is not lost. You know, Trubisky looked pretty good early, not so good late, still very young, still very raw. Packers are 1-0. Let's hope that Aaron Rodgers' knee doesn't show anything horrible tomorrow. It's quite possible he played the second half, jacked up on Toradol, with a completely torn ACL, and that you'll find out later today, on on Monday, he's done for the year. I, I don't want to be a don't yell at me. I'm just saying it's possible. You know this. Come on. It's possible. I hope it's not. And yeah, I think there's a 100% chance he was jacked up on tour at all. Man, the painkillers they have in the NFL are unbelievable. Okay, done with the Packers. Let's talk about the Redskins, shall we? woo hoo Great win by my Redskins. Dominant win. At one point, the Redskins... I think, and maybe I should look this up on my Twitter feed here, had a margin of uh first downs of th- is it possible 34 to 3? 34 to 3? It it was absurd, is what it was. Pretty much for an entire half, the Cardinals defense couldn't even induce a single negative play. The best they got was they forced. Alex Smith to throw a couple balls away, and they probably should have been intentional grounding. One of them actually was called intentional grounding. His knee might have been down at, you know, whatever. But I'm telling you, um, it was a dominant, awesome first half, and it was Adrian Peterson left, Adrian Peterson right. Little shot of Chris Thompson, who looks better than ever. Looks like looks like they rebuilt the $6 million man, Steve Austin, otherwise known as Chris Thompson, the Jet incredibly well. God, that is so great to see. So yeah, it was an easy, dominant 21 nothing, And of course, at 14 nothing, I said, <laughs> on Twitter, it got people mad. I said, this is a great win for Jay. He really needed this one. And people lost their minds. I'm like, don't you see that this Cardinals team is hot garbage and that Sam Bradford is terrible and that this defense is a shell of what it was and there was Good old Steve Wilks on the sideline, just kind of standing there. Almost looked like he had crashed the game, like, hey, uh, you the head coach? Yes, I am. Okay, well, he's going to stay nice and calm as his team got eviscerated. Alex Smith looked good. Kirk looked good early in the day. I don't want to get into the comparisons because I've had enough of that on Twitter today. But Alex didn't have to throw to a lot of wide receivers. His running back... Passing yardage was massive. Wide receiver yardage, not so much. Jordan Reed, that's a different story. Reed is an absolute beast. It's great to see him healthy. I pray to God we get 13, 14 games out of him. I'll consider that a huge win. Defense looks pretty sick, too. And not just up front. I mean, I'm the secondary. Quentin Dunbar, the pick he had was, that was a gift. That was a gift on a bad I think a bad read by Bradford. It might have been a bad route by their tight end. But Dunbar, or Dunny as we call him around here, he just was flying around making plays. And he's rocking D'Angelo Hall's old number, 23, and he's doing it proud. At least he did on Sunday. And that's a hell of a story because he's a converted wide receiver. And so... um, to be able to convert at wide receiver three years ago and to play at this level. This is why the Redskins coaching staff really believed he was good enough that they didn't have to re-sign with Shaw Breland, who, by the way, is still out there. And because uh, he had a foot injury that nixed a deal that he had in free agency. I think with Carolina. Anyway, Dunbar played great. Jonathan Allen is a earth-moving man at defensive tackle. Deron Payne showed out just a bit. The linebackers are really solid. Um, I just loved the whole game. I loved the whole game. I thought it was in the bag at 14-0. I wasn't afraid to say it on Twitter. And people people got mad at me. So, uh, great start. Just what my Redskins needed. Andrew Luck and the Colts come in for Week 2. Other Week 2 action in the NFL. Let's take a quick blow around. Surprise of the week, or surprise of Sunday, had to be the... uh, Saints getting their doors blown off them by Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzpatrick is the greatest character that you would never even dream of scripting in the NFL. Let's let's dream up a quarterback who went to Nerd University and has a huge beard, Stew Beard, as our boy Church calls him. Huge beard. Let's say he has been passed around to a number of teams. Everyone pretty much agrees he's not that good. But you can't get rid of him. And here he is filling in for a quarterback who is 1-1. You know, this generational talent franchise guy who's having to sit out because he fucking groped an Uber driver like a dipshit. And he lights up the Saints and lights up Drew Brees, the golden boy, in week one. What a character. And if you saw the play, he's running out there, Fitzpatrick. He's running around. He's taking hits. He's getting his helmet knocked around. He's pulling the back on tight with the chin strap and everything. Who writes a character like this? What a great win that was. And, of course, that wiped out a number of people in their survivor pools because that was, I think, if not the largest point spread of the day. It was right up there. Right up there is one of the largest point spreads in the NFL. So, that was a great win right there. Oh, and of course, now I picked the Saints, so I should shut my mouth. Um, the other guy that picked the Saints big with great confidence was one Mike Francesa. And it was almost like you can see it coming. Uh-oh, he's on the Saints. Saints minus. Of course, you know, you take the Bears minus, or you take the Bears plus, and you think you're in good shape on that game. And they still cover, plus seven. But still, if you had him as an outright winner, you're kind of pissed. Baltimore forty-seven, Buffalo three. Oh, for the love of God! First of all, Baltimore looked really good, and I got to give them credit. A lot of people saying look out for Baltimore. I'm like they're going to stink. Flacco's healthy; they got weapons. Maybe I'll believe. But Buffalo, my God, Buffalo! <laughs> Nathan Peterman, Elaine, Elaine. I am not a good quarterback. I I'm bad, Elaine. Cleveland, Pittsburgh. I talked about that tie game. Who wants a tie? It's fucking ridiculous. And yeah, James Conner had two touchdowns. One thing about the James Conner argument, oh yeah, Le'Veon Bell better come crawling back while he can. You can't have it both ways, Steeler fans. You can't say, well fine, James Conner would be just as good as you. Well then why did you hold him hostage with a franchise tag at $14 million? And why are you bellyaching about him not showing up? If James Conner, if you're all, all along, you're like, "Now we got James Conner refined, you would have A, not franchised him and moved on or B tried to trade him or whatever. You can't have it both ways. Connor is a nice young back. Le'Veon Bell is a special talent. Don't kid yourself. The Bengals beat the Colts 34 23 in what was my 10,000 star lock of the weekend, but it was looking really, really bad at one point because Cleveland was driving, or excuse me, Indianapolis was driving and uh, they got a, uh, Cincinnati got a strip fumble, return, as Andrew Luck and the Colts are driving. Luck looked a lot better than I thought he would. He had some downfield zip on his passes, and his number's 39 of 53. Hey, welcome back after two years off with a bad shoulder. We're only going to make you throw it 53 times. Jesus. How about you run a little bit, Indianapolis? Oh, is also told in the pregame, apparently, Andrew Luck said, that he also injured his shoulder snowboarding while he was trying to come back from that torn labrum. Now, he said he messed up the AC joint of his um, throwing shoulder, but he said he said he talked to doctors and the doctor said that the AC joint and that injury had nothing to do with the torn labrum. I mean, really? I'm supposed to believe that. I know I'm not a doctor, but get the fuck out of here with that. Nonsense. You're telling me you you busted up your shoulder again, a different part of it, the A.C. joint while snowboarding, while you're trying to come back from a torn labrum? Snowboarding? Really? And he's like, no, it didn't affect anything. I'm not buying it. Still, though, not a bad debut for uh, Andrew Luck, and he's going to come throwing it all around against us uh, this coming Sunday, so we better be ready. Bengals win that game. All right, my laptop just died down here. Um, first of all, I should uh, take a moment. Uh, Today's ZabeCast brought to you by ZabeCast Premium. That's right. Every Friday, my Football Five Ways Friday podcast will cost you a little bit of money every month, $4.99. But you're supporting my entire efforts. And you're helping pay for a new Shure MV5 portable microphone so I can keep doing this when I'm on the road. So sign up for the uh, ZabeCast Premium by going to zabe.com slash premium and know that you are supporting A fine endeavor such as this. And uh, by the way, I I took a lot of notes. A lot of notes from you guys. A lot of input on ways to make the five ways better. I know exactly. I I thought it was about a C- minus effort by me. Uh, Effort? No. It was about a C- minus total performance in week one. But I expected that. I warned you guys that. I said, look, this thing is not going to be perfect right away. Because I don't know quite what works, what doesn't work. Like, for example... I'm going to tell Charge, look, I don't want you giving fantasy advice on that Football Five Ways Friday. Two reasons. Number one, everyone has a fucking fantasy football podcast that goes into way more depth about all these guys. That's number one. Number two, I have to tape Charge at 11 a.m. on Thursday because he's very busy. He's got a lot of radio shows he goes on, including mine in D.C. on Thursday afternoon. And then the biggest thing is that this shit changes on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That's when fantasy stuff comes and goes. So I'm going to tell Charch, look, let me have you on as a periodic guest to talk about a little fantasy, but other nerd stuff, games, um, what else? You know, just anything. I'd rather have him for 25 minutes talking about a whole range of issues than I would just, okay, give me 12 minutes of fantasy advice. That doesn't, that doesn't last. So that's number one. Number two, I recorded the uh, You Are Looking Live at, oh, 2.30 a.m. on Friday morning after doing a lot of other stuff to get ready for the show. I was tired. I was wanting to go to bed. I was worried I was going to wake up the family. And so it wasn't my best effort. It'll be better this week. And I've got a, a, a couple other tweaks. Like the college football segment. You know, we had Dennis Dodd on. I like Dennis a lot. He's really good. But he threw me for a loop in that he, uh, when I asked, well, how did this clemson a and matchup come about? By the way, great game. Controversial call. Fumbling through the end zone. People want to change it. I've got some thoughts about it. Hold on for a second there. You know, Dennis Dodd was like, you know, I said, how did this matchup come about? I'm like, this is sexy. Clemson versus a and And he hits me with, well, that's when a uh, and joined the SEC. So Clemson, Clemson's going out to the far western edge of the conference. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. Did, did I miss something? Is Clemson now in the SEC? Which, by the way, I just assumed it was me. Because I fuck up these conference realignments all the time. And I forget who's where. And I don't do a good job on that. But actually, it was, it was Dennis. It was a rare Dennis Dodd mistake. So somebody pointed that out. And I was like, yeah, that kind of sucks. So instead of lining up, I think, a specific college football guest, I think I'm going to do a college football roundup. Not quite a pick every game thing, because who cares if I like Air Force minus seven or whatever, but just sort of a big man on campus, I'll call it. You know, there's always little stories, little nuggets, little things, little highlights. Just sort of a college football roundup would be, I think, better as part of the Football Five Ways, you know, podcast. But anyway, okay. Uh, I think we're back here uh, my, my laptop crapped out and I'm now see this what I'm in the basement laptop ran out of battery and my phone which was going to be my backup just to go through the scores in the NFL now it's not getting Wi-Fi so that's great why don't we do this let's take a 20 second timeout and I will join you back up in my studio ah sounds like a plan all right we're back up here at my uh, desktop studio I apologize for less than pristine audio let me just mop up the rest of the week in the nfl real quick hopping around patriots beat the texans 27 20 uh, number of questionable coaching decisions by bill o'brien apparently in this game from what i saw on twitter and of course there was a gronk catch late in the first half that should have been reviewed but oh wait a minute we didn't get to it in time because belichick and brady are smart and they snapped the football and the league is in charge of all those challenges they got to change that i mean if we can't get rid of replay entirely which is my brothers let coaches challenge within 2 minutes because otherwise the league sometimes misses it alberto rivera is going to get a cup of coffee who knows but the patriots once again it doesn't matter who's there it doesn't matter If Brady is there and if Belichick is there, why do I ever doubt them? Patriots are one and out. Texans fall. Uh, Let's see. Uh, The Colts and Bengals. Colts and Bengals. This was my easy ten thousand star lock of the week, and it looked a little dicey late because the Colts were driving uh, down uh, only twenty-seven to twenty-three. 27-23, 2723 the final score is 34 23. anyway a uh, an 83 yard fumble return by some seventh rounder with a funny name and that was the difference in the game uh the guy's name is hold on Cincinnati defense uh fedulum fedulum F-f-f-f-gel-f- Clayton fedulum F-E-G-E-D-E-L-E-M. Now, that's a spelling bee finals word right there. Uh, spell fedulum. Uh Could you use it in a sentence? Sentence. Yes, Clayton Fedulum single-handedly cut the Colts' hearts out. Oh, I got it. The, uh, the safety out of Illinois, seventh rounder. Amazing play. Andrew Luck threw the ball 50, how many times? 53 times. Welcome back. 39 of 53, 319, two touchdowns, one pick. Not too shabby. But they certainly didn't. You ever think about running the ball, Indianapolis? I'm just asking about that. Andy Dalton, quietly, pretty good. 21 of 28, 243, two touchdowns, one INT. Oh, and of course, Cincinnati had a guy get ejected on defense for pretty much trying to take out and kill Andrew Luck. (laughs) Welcome back after two years out of the game. Now we're going to try to kill you. So we'll see if there's additional fines and or suspensions for that hit. And there was a turnover in this game that was negated by a squishing the quarterback penalty uh, against the Bengals for sacking Andrew Luck too hard. Yeah, a total turnover taken away. This is how it's gonna go all year. This is the rule change nobody saw coming. We didn't even talk about it in the offseason that there was oh, and there's another rule which says you can't squish the quarterback. Dolphins beat the Titans 27 20 in the world's longest football game with all the delays and everything. It took, I don't know, nine hours, something like that. Um, Bad injury for the Titans. A couple bad injuries, but uh, the biggest one Delaney Walker, tight end, dislocated ankle. That's a tough one right there. Can somebody tell me when the NFL started getting so scared of lightning that if there was any lightning within who knows how many miles, they just shut a game down? We've had more hours of delays. For lightning in the NFL in the last 10 years than in the first 40 years of my lifetime when it comes and I guarantee you the weather patterns are not appreciably different in the the last 10 years and don't at me Al Gore I don't want to hear it Jaguars and Giants (laughs) how about that for a game the Jaguars the Giants had a chance late And Eli Manning uh, had a chance for a first down on a play that might have been pass interference, might have just been a good breakup of the play. Who knows? Uh, They even got the ball back and then botched the punt, muffed the punt, fumbled it, and that was that. Jaguars escape with an ugly win. Uh, Saquon Barkley, impressive in his rookie debut. Uh, Barkley finished 18 carries for a buck six and one touchdown. That was thanks in part to a 68-yard run. I mentioned the Ravens killing the Bills. I think I did. I had to retake this second half of the ZabeCast because when I got up to my studio the first time, I hit record, and it was on internal microphone, not the uh, system microphone, so it sucked audio-wise. And I'm redoing this whole 10-minute segment for you. I apologize. Uh, Ravens kill the Bills 47-3. to Elaine, Elaine, I am not a good quarterback. Nathan Peterman sucks. They went a whole half without a first down, I do believe. Ravens look pretty good. Chiefs ripped the Chargers 38 to 28. Pat Mahomes four touchdowns. This stadium was 80% red Chiefs fans. That's a conservative estimate. This has become a tourist game every week. The Chargers cannot find anybody in LA that wants to go to their games. They have a 25,000-seat soccer stadium. They still can't find any more than 20% of home home fans. It's embarrassing. I feel terrible for Phillip Rivers and the and the players, but for the Spanos family, oh, fuck all of them. They deserve every bit of that and then some. And then you had the call of a lifetime. I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like this. The Broncos beat the Seahawks 27-23, to 23, in part because Case Keenum was just not quite too bad. He did throw three picks, but did have 329 yards and three touchdowns. But... The Broncos won 27 to 24, and I want you to take a listen to my boy, Scott Lynn, who called this coming from miles away on Friday in the first ever push call in the history of You Are Looking Live. Take a listen. Broncos are minus three. Uh, I will take Denver and Vance Joseph to have the time of his life. Give me Denver at home in week one. Can I bet a push? Is that allowed at this casino? yeah yes. It pays thirty to one, but you got to hit it on the number. So a push. <laughs> All like right, to see, bet a push for the first time in your looking live history, one of us has bet on. I think double it's go- zero I green. Think this is going to be like nineteen sixteen. Well, then right. pick one of them; you won't be wrong. No, I like it. Bet the push. I'll bet the go push. Ahead. Solly, who do you like? Seattle. How's that for a maze balls, Scotland? You are the oracle. I want to pay for your picks the rest of the year, and the Panthers beat the Cowboys sixteen to eight in a game that, as they say, was not even that close. Uh, Dak Prescott threw for under two hundred yards yet again. He has been throwing for under two hundred yards now for at least three out of four games since his rookie season ended, and his QBR was twenty three point seven. That's pretty low. Uh, Cam Newton not a whole lot better. He threw for a buck sixty one. It was a pretty ugly game. Uh, Zeke Elliott did get in the end zone. I loved it, though. They were down 16 nothing. They weren't doing shit. And then Zeke Elliott runs for like 11 yards, gets a first down, and does the feed me sign. I'm like, oh, boy. Okay. Did score a touchdown, though, in the game as Dallas is looking at a possibly very long season. Shut up, machine. Everything's giving me problems tonight. It's 1.21 a.m. Can I just get done with this and go to bed? Your two Monday night games. Let me go ahead and pick them for the record. Lions, Jets, hell, why not? I'll take Sam Darnold, the Jets, plus the seven, uh, and then the Rams and the Raiders. I'll take the Raiders plus the points. I'm taking the I'm taking the points in both games tonight because uh, I'm already confused. The NFL confuses me after just one week. What you think? You think? What you think? You know? You don't know? You don't know? You'll never know. As Jim Moore Junior once or Jim Mora once said, the dad, not Junior. So I'll take the Raiders plus the four and a half and I'll at home and I'll take the Jets plus 7 on the road at the Lions with square-headed Sam Darnold. All right, let me just give my two cents on Serena Williams and her meltdown. The predictable voices have come out and defended Serena Williams, Sally Jenkins in the Washington Post and Christine Brennan in the USA Today. None of this surprises me. It they were embarrassing columns of Pretty much, yeah, but what about-ism? Because you know that they would love to have written an article about racism. Now, let's say that it was a white tennis player who was the beneficiary of this chair umpire, Carlos Ramos, docking an, an entire game at, for misconduct by Serena as she was increasingly losing her mind out there. Can you imagine a white player being... Be- oh, Can you imagine if a white chair umpire, gave a white player a game en route to upsetting Serena Williams in the U.S. Open final. (laughs) Forget about it. So they couldn't play the racism card, so let's see. What's our next go-to? Ah, sexism, of course. That's the next go-to. And it was, you know, it was predictable. I knew it was coming. I knew that when somebody like Christine Brennan writes the day before the Open, what a glorious coronation this was going to be for Serena Williams. And isn't she so wonderful and she's a mother now and she's fighting for this and she's the face of women's sports. She, Serena, uh, Christine Brennan wrote that column before Serena played the final. So whatever the media is so invested, so heavily invested in their own narrative, they're not going to change their mind all of a sudden when, well, let's see, a sporting event breaks out and the winner they thought they would get didn't win. And you know that Christine's not going to go well God, I maybe I'm rethink- maybe I need to rethink who Serena Williams really is or or just blast her saying this was completely out of line, and this was an embarrassment. I don't understand why she does this. no, no, fall back on the whole sexism angle, and so did Sally Jenkins. Now, I don't watch nearly enough tennis to have any firm grasp of how often this happens with chair umpires. But I did read people who do follow tennis, and I did read some good summary articles that show, yeah, this Carlos Ramos guy is kind of a hard ass. He is, though, however, a fairly well-respected chair umpire. According to one poster, maybe this is not true, but I'll believe it, he's he's one of the very few gold badge umpires. He's chaired seven Grand Slam finals for both men and women and also the Olympic finals. Uh, I believe said this poster that he is the only active gold badge umpire who has achieved the gold badge slam umpiring in all four Grand Slam finals. So he doesn't suck as a chair umpire. Or if he sucks, he's the Jeff Triplett of chair umpires, which I guess I should keep my mind open to that possibility. Besides, let's look at Serena's history. When Serena is getting beat by somebody who is clearly not as good as her, which is pretty much everybody in her era, she loses her mind. She absolutely she is a horrible loser. She's a great winner and the greatest winner that tennis has ever seen. Uh, maybe the greatest female player of all time. Okay, fine, I'll give it to her. Who am I going to say? Margaret Court? Who cares? But she's a shitty loser. She is a bad sport and that is plain to see and you know what here okay so let's first of all we'll hear we'll hear the outburst on the court in which she invokes her newly born daughter oh that is some weak sauce right there insisting I would never cheat and you owe me an apology you owe me an apology you need to make an announcement that I don't cheat even though her coach admitted yeah I was giving hand signals But his coach said, but I don't think Serena saw them, so she really wasn't in on this. Whatever. You'll hear from Serena first, and then after the match, listen to her spin it. Instead of saying, honestly, you know what, it was not my best moment, I was so invested in winning, I kind of lost my mind, I'm sorry that this happened to uh, Ms. Osaka, who deserved better. And I, I'm just going to rededicate myself to being better in these moments. Could she say that? No. It became a whole crusade for, it's for the next woman. I'm fighting for her. Here's Serena.
1: I don't cheat. I didn't get coaching. How can you say that?
0: You need to, you need to. You
1: owe me an apology. You owe me an apology. I have never cheated in my life. I have a daughter, and I stand what's right for her, and I've never cheated. You owe me an apology. I can't sit here and say I wouldn't say he's a thief because he I thought he took a game from me. But I've seen other men call other umpires several things. And I'm here fighting for women's rights and for women's equality and for all kinds of stuff. And for me to say thief and for him to take a game, it made me feel like it was a sexist remark. I mean, like how he's never took a game from a man because they said thief. For me, it blows my mind. But I'm gonna continue to to fight for women and to fight for us to have equal. Like, Courtney should be able to take her shirt off without getting a fine. Like, this is outrageous, you know? And I just feel like the fact that I have to go through this is just an example for the next person that has emotions and that want to express themselves and they want to be a strong woman, and they're going to be allowed to do that because of today. Maybe it didn't work out for me, but it's going to work out for the next person. Oh, yeah. you
0: oh. So there you have it. And, of course, you've got Sally Jenkins and Christine Brennan backing her up on this. Sally, by the way, was full in on Lance Armstrong until it was turned out that he was one of the most scumbag, he was one of the biggest scumbags in sports history to do what he did, to lie about what he did, and to drag other people into court, and to pretty much ruin other lives. All for his own biking glory. Sally Jenkins was full in on the Lance Armstrong autobiography and believed him. So nothing surprises me on this. Of course they're going to stick to their girl. But it was just bad sportsmanship, period, plain and simple. It's not complicated. And don't play the whataboutism game. Because, you know, if it's not racism, it's sexism. And if it's not that, it's ageism, or it's cultural appropriation, or microaggressions. And when all else fails on that, people will resort to the whataboutism. Well, what about this guy? What about that guy? It doesn't matter. Serena lost her mind. She was a terrible sport. She thought, probably, I'll get the whole place rattled. I'll get the whole place on edge, and maybe it'll rattle my opponent, who's beating my ass right now. But it didn't. Naomi Osaka kept her cool. She won the match fair and square. Given a little bit of help at the end, but it was already over according to most people who watch the match. I didn't watch the match. So yeah, uh, it's just basically bad sportsmanship. It's just not complicated, okay? Sportsmanship is simple. Respect the game, respect the officials, respect your opponent, win with grace, lose with even more grace. That's it. It's simple. And if you can't do that, if as a champion, which Serena is, either you are proud of a moment in your career, or you are not proud of it. And if you're not proud of it, you need to be accountable for your own actions, and you need to commit to being better, period. And there's no way she could be proud of that moment. And that happens to every athlete. That's why why I killed Phil Mickelson, because he didn't own his actions in the moment. He tried to make a bullshit, weaselly excuse. I know the rules and everything else. No, fuck off. You're a cheater. Admit you cheated, admit, or if not cheated, admit that you tried to you tried to pull a fast one, it was not your best moment, and be at least humble about it. Phil couldn't do that until later on. He's like, yeah, I kind of fucked up. But that was only Phil harming his own reputation. This was basically Serena stealing a moment that rightfully belonged to her opponent in the biggest stage and the biggest moment of her life. What a, what a bitch. I mean, come on. And this is after Serena, in 2009, threatened to shove a tennis ball down the throat. Down the fucking throat, I think she said, to a linesman who dared to call a footfall on her. Man, you would almost think, what is it about Serena that when things are going bad, she goes into a rage of some... Yeah, okay. You get my point there. I'm I'm not saying, I'm just saying. Be a better loser, Serena. Own the moment. Be accountable for your actions. And stop blaming it on everybody else. And stop saying, what about this-ism? And stop with this, I'm fighting for somebody else. And I'm emotional. I'm trying to win a match. Yeah, well, your opponent was trying to win a match, too. Lots of people are trying to win. It doesn't give you the license to just go out and be a jackass. And with that, the world goes on. Serena's still the best tennis player of all time. She's going to have many media members that stick up for her. But the way I see it, bad sportsmanship, not complicated. Do better next time. All right, that'll do it for me today. Thank you for listening. Thanks for all the technical difficulties you sat through. We'll do better tomorrow, I promise. Andy Poland comes up tomorrow. We'll talk about the Redskins' dominant win. We got Drew Olsen on Wednesday and the Notorious J.A.Y. on Thursday, and we'll have a much better I Think Friday Football Five Ways podcast on Friday. I'll be getting better and better every week, and I appreciate your support. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we will
1: see you next time.